Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Now, I learned this years ago. Now, you probably, if you talk to Eddie, he would say this couldn't be the truth. But I had home ec when I was in high school, which they used to do that and they don't do it anymore. And I believe they need to bring it back because our society and our homes are suffering because of it. And so, you know, first semester, they taught us how to cook, and I didn't know how to cook from anything, but, you know, we had fun, and we learned some things. And then, though, it came to the semester where we're going to sew, and I learned something. You know, I I chose my pattern. I was going to make a dress, and then I chose my material, laid it all out, you know, and pinned it, and then, you know, got the scissors, and I'm going to cut it out and make a pattern. But one thing I discovered, you have to use that pattern every time. If I tried to cut that dress out And then I got the pattern before I, you know, the pieces that I cut out and before I sewed it together and I thought, well, I'm going to make somebody else a dress and they're my same size. So I'll just take what I cut and I'll put it over here and I'll do that. Well, again, you know, well, my other friend, they might like to, so I'll, and you know what? That pattern starts to get off. And so God gives us a pattern in his word. And if we go back to it every time, that we need answers and solutions and know how to treat people and how to walk with people, no matter what arena it is in, then we won't get off track. But we'll go back to the original every time. And by the way, that dress was a knockout. Not. I would be embarrassed for you to see it. It had, what I did is I bought really, really bright. Every, everything had to be bright. Big stripes about this wide. Blue and yellow and pink. Big old stripes. Okay, and so I made them go down that way and it was a two-piece sewn together. So about the hip area. So then I made the stripes go around. <laughs> it was lovely. <laughs> I was very small, so it didn't... <laughs> So it worked out, but, you know, I can't tell you, but that was my sewing. But I did learn that about the patterns. And so it is now we have to learn to follow the pattern. And, you know, even in the book of Hebrews, it tells us over there to follow the heavenly pattern. The things in worship today are taken from the heavenly realm, and that is how we know how to worship. And so how do we know how to treat people? How do we know how to have relationships with other people? See, the Bible is practical. It's not just, it does tell us the most important thing, how to get ourselves to heaven and how to, you know, have our sins forgiven. But there's so much more to it. God wants us to treat one another with respect and dignity and, 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 and realize that in every person there is value. And, you know, sometimes, you know, people that are peculiar and have these quirks and they're unusual people. And folks, every church has their share of peculiar people. You say, well, I'm one of them. Well, be proud of it, you know, and let the Word of God work on you and get you where you need to be, you know, just get you where you need to be. 
But you know, sometimes we can take people that are quirky and unusual and we'll treat them like second-class citizens. And do you know that is not God's way? I remember reading this story years ago and it it just stuck with me. And, And it really helped me to understand that sometimes you don't know why people are the way that they are or how they become that way, or what goes on in their life to bring them to a situation where they are unusual, or as some people might think, unlikable, you know? But I I remember hearing this story about this little boy, and his name was Teddy. And Teddy was in this class, and his teacher, let's just call her Miss Thompson, and he was in Miss Thompson's class. And Miss Thompson really didn't care too much for Teddy because, you know, he didn't comb his hair and, you know, he, he didn't really do his homework and really didn't apply himself to anything in the classroom. And so she had just come to the point where she said, you know, I'm just going to keep Teddy over here. I'm going to work on these kids that really have some potential here. And so, you know, she did that. And then, but, but now let me tell you, Miss Thompson forgot what she had re- uh, read about little Teddy. She had forgotten that she had read his records before he came into her class. And, you know, as he entered the school uh, a year or two before, it said how well that he was doing in school. He made good grades. The next year, it, it was recorded on his records, um, you know, that, that his mother was ill and uh, that he was having trouble because of that at home and because she couldn't care for him. And then, you know, so by the time he got to Miss Thompson's class, the mother had passed away. And so there he was, he, and he had just lost hope, that little boy. But now, see, he wasn't an adult. He was a little boy. But Miss Thompson learned a lesson. And, and one day, little Teddy came into the class and it was Christmas time, and everybody was handing Miss Thompson their, their Christmas presents, you know, and they were so proud, you know how kids are, and that's my present, you know, that's my present. And then Miss Thompson came to Teddy's, and she just didn't know what it might be when she opened that gift that little Teddy had brought to her. And so she opened it up, and the kids just began to snicker. You know, because she had, he had brought her, uh, you know, this bracelet, rhinestone, little cheap rhinestone bracelet, and part of the stones were out, you know. And then she, uh, he had gotten her this little cheap bottle of perfume. And so she, she knew to stop the kids from snickering, you know, because of what Teddy had brought. And so she quietened them down, and she put that bracelet on and sprayed some perfume, you know. And so what happened was uh, she found out, you know, uh, she started bragging on little Teddy. Oh, this, you know, thank you so much for this perfume and this bracelet is so pretty. You know, she knew to try to build him up a little bit. And, and he, he stayed after class, after everyone had gone, and he came up to Miss Thompson. And he said, you know, I just want to tell you this, that this bracelet belonged to my mother and so I'm giving it to you. And that perfume is what my mom used to wear. And you smell just like my mom. And so she learned from that lesson as a teacher that she would never again look at a child that way. See, what that tells us, we don't need to look at people certain ways because of their peculiarity or, you know, uh, their quirkiness or whatever you want to call it. 
But now I have a, 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 I'm not finished with that story because little Teddy uh, grew up and, you know, when he graduated from high school, he sent Miss Thompson a letter. I just graduated from high school. Thought you'd want to know. Then he graduated from college, sent her another letter. Just graduated from college. Thought you'd want to know. And then he goes to med medical school and becomes an MD and uh, writes her to tell her that. And then he said, I'm getting married and I want you to come and I want you to sit where my mother sits, would sit. And see, so you don't know what a difference you can make in someone's life. Now that was a child, but it can be an adult. It can be anyone that we can make a difference in them if we believe in them and if we treat them right and if relationally we know how to exchange with people and build them up and not put them down. Let me tell you something. If you will compliment people, it means so much. And how much does that put us out to give someone a compliment? Now, see, I'm not talking about to flatter someone in something that's not true. We don't need to do that. That can hurt people if you do that. Flatter them and say things that are you know, oh, you did really good when they didn't do so good. You know what I'm saying? But you can say, I could really tell that you really tried hard. Way to go. You know, you don't have to tell a lie, but you don't have to devastate people or you don't have to lie to them. But compliments go a long way. And I'm just going to tell you, we need to let thank yous and please and all those words abound in our vocabulary in, in many, many situations. We're, we've lost that. And, and, you know, if you work and you're a supervisor and somebody, you know, you're uh, the person that's working for you and they do something and, uh, you know, it, well, they get paid for it. No, don't look at it like that because they're, they're on your team and they're going to do better if you do please and thank you. You know, I have people all the time that are leaders in the church and they'll come to me like in that bookstore and it's like you wouldn't believe how people treat us in that bookstore. They're so ugly and mean and rude. And I said, you come and get me the next time they do it. Because they're working in there, they're volunteering, they're serving and, and we don't need to treat other people that way. We need to learn how to relate. Thank you for ordering that. You know, there's a way to co confront people. Did you know that? Confrontation. Confrontation is okay. Everybody say it. Confrontation is okay. Let's say it again together. Confrontation is okay. Okay, but how is it okay if you're yelling and screaming at one another? trying to get your point, never listening one to the other. I'm going to tell you, you'll go a long way in relationships if you learn to listen. James talks about it. Be a ready listener. Have a listening ear. And if you hear somebody, you might understand somebody. You might know where they're coming from, and it might change you. And even if it doesn't change your opinion, it will change how you see them, possibly. But confrontation doesn't have to be something that's ugly. There are times in your marriage, if you do not talk about issues in a, a confrontational way, in other words, we're having a problem here, let's talk about it, how can we deal with it, 
you're going to have problems. And you're going to think that you got them taken care of, but no, you don't. You just got them covered up. It's just covered up. You know, it, it, it's just like, you know, if you, you have uh, uh, something um, on your skin, let's just say like a pimple on your skin, and you can put a little dab of whatever on there to try to cover it up, but did it make it go away? No, it just covered it up. It shielded it. It uh, made it look like it halfway disappeared anyway, but it really didn't go away until it's dealt with. And see, that's the way many times problems in relationships are in this area of marriage. You've got to talk about things. You've got to admit that there's a situation that needs confrontation. I've known people that will live for years and years with things going on that are not good. It's not healthy. It's not what God would have for people to grow and move on. But they'll deal with it or won't deal with it, and let it just hang there. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like a, you know, a skeleton in the closet. Every time you open the closet up, the skeleton is there, but everybody just acts like, well, it's really not there. Because we act like it's really not there, does it make it go away? No, it's still there, and it's going to be there until you deal with it. And that's where confrontation comes in. And again, I'm talking about healthy confrontation to where one person can talk. This is the problem. And the other person has that listening, hearing ear, and they open up their ear to hear from the heart of the person. And see, let me tell you, when you're, you're, you're dealing with problems and confrontation, what you don't want to do when you go into a situation, you do this and you always do that. That's exactly what you don't want to do. You know, we can do that in a marriage, at work, uh, in our, with our friends, or whatever. But that's exactly what we don't need to do. Let me give you a little pointer here. Stick to the subject when it's confrontational time. Boy, it's so quiet in here. Y'all even listening tonight? I didn't know if you checked out and you've gone somewhere else. You, you have to, when, when there's confrontation, again, I want to go back to what I was saying just a minute ago about having a listening ear, a ready ear to hear the other person. Okay, but then once that done, guess what happens next? There has to be a switching of those roles. And then the person who was listening begins to share what the issues are. And then the other person that was talking then begins to listen. And you switch and you hear each other. And I'm going to tell you, if you'll do it, if you'll, if you'll do those kinds of things, you'll understand people and it will help you in getting through difficult relationships and problems. And folks, let me tell you, every one of us deal with relational problems. They are there and we must look at it. Because we don't look at it or because we won't admit it, you know, even Jesus, and until we admit our sin, we can't get free from it. 1 John 1, 9. Confess your sin. The Amplified said, admit and confess your sin. And he'll be faithful and just to forgive you. So you can't move on through that process until there's an admittance to what 
the issues are. And, and let me tell you something. Because I don't know anything about anybody, I couldn't be picking on anybody tonight. Can you say amen? See, I don't know. But, but many times, people feel that someone is zeroing in on their inadequacies or their shortcomings and, and, and attacking when they bring up what a flaw or a problem is. But there are ways that you begin to communicate what the flaws and what the problems are without assaulting another person, without putting another person... You always do this. When, when there's one problem and one problem that you're dealing with, you always do... See, we start bringing everything in to that situation, and that's where we're going to have a problem. We don't need to do that. That's ganging up on somebody. You wouldn't like it, and neither do the pers does the person that's having, you know, to listen or probably won't listen, will get up and leave. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.